Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the Modern Homesteading Podcast. I'm your host, Harold Bornbro. Joined by my co-host, Rachel Jamison, as usual. And uh, last week, Rachel uh, got to record on her own. So that was a good good episode. Everybody enjoy. Oh, that was two weeks ago when we recorded this one. So that'll be two weeks ago. Yeah. They, two. That's what happens when we get ahead and forget what we what we were when we recorded. So two weeks ago uh, with, with your friends there in, in Michigan and uh, did a great job with that. But uh, today we're going to talk about our favorite things about homesteading and maybe our least favorite things, I think. We obviously we think that uh, homesteading is worth it, so we we don't think that right. the, the, the least favorite things outweigh the favorite things. But it's not all perfect, right? Nope. Yeah. So there's definitely things that we like less about homesteading than, than other things. But before we jump into that, what is new on your homestead? Oh, what is new on my homestead? Apple everything. I seen some of your posts. Yeah, you've been yeah bringing in I the apples. Lots of apples. So some of them. I mean, I, hopefully they hold out in the basement, but Mm -hmm. I've been making everything apples. (laughs) Do you now, do you have like all the tools? Do you have like the apple core, like the the hand crank apple cores and and peelers? I do, but it doesn't work that Really? However, I saw a new setup where somebody puts it on, they wash both sides of their sink and instead of putting it on the counter, they turn it sideways and they put it on their sink that mm. middle part of your sink yeah and it puts the peels right into the sink and i'm thinking i'm going to try that and see if it works okay. better part of the problem is is it slides all over and the other part of the problem with those um is if you don't have apples that are hard it oh, kind of just yeah. mashes them yeah you have to have that. a hard like a macintosh probably doesn't work real well you need like a harder apple that doesn't yeah. otherwise it just mushes okay but Thanks. I do have all of them. I, I, for the first time this year, I bought a food mill. Okay. Hand crank food mill. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to use that to make applesauce. I haven't okay. used it. You do like cider press and all that stuff? Or? So my husband, I believe, is out working on that right now. Oh, he's making yeah. one or he's buy one that you're putting together? <laughs> we don't have one and we've been looking for a used one. Okay. And we haven't been able to find one. So he's got this idea who knows i'll share pictures if it works but he's got some idea in his head that's how his he's kind of one of those you know uh little genius people that can like he dreams he's not going like full hydraulic on this and stuff making like a like a hydraulic he has a he has a drill press out there so i wouldn't be surprised he said something about i have that press you know and i'm like okay yeah well yeah if this thing works you gotta share some pictures and stuff of that that'll be great he's got some ideas in his head i'm not quite sure what they are but it was that it's that or he's working on his deer blind (laughs) we right uh both are important exactly (laughs) um we uh we were me and my wife were just talking about getting a cider press because uh we 
our apples, we got we get a lot of apples, but they're not perfect apples. You know, right. you get a lot of those, a lot of imperfect apples. They're not just yep, great yep. eating apples. So they're great to peel, maybe make applesauce out of like you're doing or, or make cider out of things like that. They're not just, they're not like right. perfect apples yeah. you want to just sit there and munch on. So we're talking about getting cider press because I think that would be. Too bad we don't live closer. We could share. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah, they're a little, little pricey, uh, but. Uh, they are, they are. So is cider if you buy it. <laughs> Honestly. Well, I have, so. I mean, uh, I know a lot of people will make a bunch of it and just stuff it in the mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So. Definitely something you could do that with. But yeah, we I've got a lot of that's I've ours not... too. I mean, my apples have diseases. We've been working on it. And mm-hmm. I mean, I've talked about it several times on the podcast. Yeah. So that's what a lot of ours end up being like applesauce and stuff. Mine will like get like one bad spot on, like on one side. You know, it's like yep. the whole apple yeah. is fine, but they'll have like that one spot. And there's like every app, it's like I don't have hardly any. Yeah perfect app uh, i had a few perfect ones but not very many and we had let me see i can't even remember i should have counted there's at least 11 five gallon bucket full of okay. apples yeah, yeah. we'll make it a nice so, and half of them because they were diseased just they're not gonna be they're not great apples so. right yeah. Yeah. Bet I don't have a pig. <laughs> <laughs> well i got to enjoy something on my homestead for the first time this week yeah I eat two figs off my fig tree. <laughs> I'm jealous. I did. I got two figs. I was like, look at this. And it, I did. A, it's a Chicago okay. fig. And I just planted it at Lake Spurning, actually. Oh. And it produced two figs okay. for me. I was like, you got to be kidding me. So I picked them both and ate them. Okay. So how is it compared to like, I mean, because every time you have something fresh, it's always so much better. They were really, really good. Uh, the one was a little overripe. So it was, yeah, it was a little mushy, but it, it was still good. Um, but yeah, they were very, very good. Best I've ever <laughs> I'm sure it's always that way. I remember Did when I mentioned I, that a couple weeks ago, I actually had, that. yeah, a couple weeks ago, I had peaches off my tree for the first time because oh. we hadn't had any peaches. And that they was like two weeks so ago. So good. And they were the best peaches, yeah, that I've ever ate. And my daughter, Fresh. my oldest daughter was here. Yeah. And she was like, these are the best peaches I've ever ate. So, well, and this is why, you know, we advocate for homesteading because yes, yes, things like that. This is one of the reasons, like, your food, food is so much better when it's fresh. Yes. When you get it at the supermarket, they have to pick it before it's peak. So, yeah. Yeah. More fulfilling to go out there and just pick it up for your yard and eat it. We can get into all those reasons. Yeah. <laughs> but other than that, yeah, we, uh, yeah, I did a little, did a lot of garden cleanup. I did get some, uh, I uncovered because I covered up a couple beds to solarize them. Um, and I uncovered and um, I got the cover crops down, a seed down in those two beds. Okay. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, I'm sure they'll come up good. And, um, Mine's know. really coming up right now. I've been getting lots of tomatoes, lots of peppers still. The peppers are just nuts. I mean, I can go out there and fill a bushel mine, basket with them just, again. Mine were not doing anything, and suddenly it's like bang. But oh, they're doing we're good supposed now. to, yeah, but we're supposed to be 40 degrees tomorrow night. They probably will, but yeah, we're getting to that time where thir- the 30th is usually around, around now is about somewhere first frost for us, usually. So, yeah. I'm going to go pick as many as I can probably tonight and tomorrow, just in case we get one of those nights. <laughs> yeah. I've had mine going in the de- dehydrator like crazy. Cause I just don't want to do much with them right now. So I've just been dehydrating them all and just filling it up, running them for a day, filling it up, running them a day, right. just kind of just filling up jars with them. I'm not even grinding them or nothing. I'm just drying them. 
filling up jars, throwing up. With my hot peppers, I'll probably dry them, but I wanted to make, we have a bunch of banana peppers. We're going to do pickled peppers. Yeah, I've already got a bunch of those pickled. So, I mean, I still got so many out there. I've been trying to give them to the neighbor kids and everything else. It's like zucchini for me this year. I've just been passing peppers out. My like beans crazy. are like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you have to be here. So it's been peppers for me, but we've got a lot of tomatoes. See, I think the tomatoes are probably at their peak right now. We're getting so many tomatoes. Yeah, I'm not I, even getting to them. A lot of them are starting to go rotten out there before I get to them. So I'm not even picking them fast. Yeah, enough. I think after we're done with this, I'm going to have to go pick them. I haven't wanted to pick them because I haven't had time to process them. And we have fruit flies in abundance in the house yeah. that I can't get rid of right now. We got the gnats flying around yes, here. Yes, and I can. I don't yeah. want to bring any more fodder into the house for them. I, all I've, I've literally been just just washing them off, sticking them in baggies, sticking them in the freezer because I don't want to mess with them right now. I've just been freezing like all of them, but I've got the freezer pretty much maxed out. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I don't, yeah. I hardly have any more room to do anything. My freezer's maxed too. Yeah, so I'm, I, I don't know if I can get one more bag in there, honestly. However, I did roast a bunch of them, which for your ketchup. Yeah. yeah keep and keep they, bragging about that. Yeah. For the ketchup. <laughs> uh, I roasted a bunch for the ketchup and it does like shrink the size down considerably when you roast yeah. it. And then you are you freezing them after you roasting them? I doing? got no space in my freezer. Oh, okay. So what do you? Yeah. You're just. It's full up. <laughs> I put all. I, I blanched and did tons of um, broccoli and cauliflower, and that's what. Mm. And I did some fruit, like some melons and stuff. And I just don't have any more room in the freezer. I think now. what's tying up the most space in my freezer is cabbage. Cause I had all those cabbage. I had the best cabbage you ever had. And I just didn't want to, I made a few jars of yeah. sauerkraut and things. And I was just like, okay. And I started, just, I was like quartering it, putting it in bags and throwing it in the freezer. Have you ever had fried apples and cabbage together? No. Oh, doesn't, it's sound, doesn't, doesn't sound great. No, it is. It's really good. <laughs> I believe you. <laughs> I'll really try good. it. I'll try it. That reminds me. I think I should do that. I think I have one head of cabbage in the, out in the garden. So. so you just like chop it up, chop up the cabbage, and chop up. Or what we do you cut, do? We cut it like you would sauerkraut for the okay. cabbage, and okay. I also put onion. Okay. And then we just slice the apples kind of thin, and we fry it. Usually, I mean, when I say fry, it's not like deep fried or anything. Just a little oil in the pan and. Just almost like a almost like a stir fry or something. Yeah, like. almost like a stir fry, but we cook it down so it starts to get maybe a little bit crispy. Mm-hmm. It's so. Good. I'll take your word for it. I, I might try it, good, but it's good. I mean, if you but don't like the mushy texture, you're probably not going to like it. The, oh, it, it does gets, get you know, it gets like, mushy. A little bit, yeah. That's okay. why we try to get it till it's a little bit crispy. But it's I do like hard a crunchy. To eat. I love a lot of water there. There's My favorite way to eat cabbage is raw cabbage. I love the taste of raw cabbage, but really, you know, it's my favorite. But you way like to eat like uh, oh, what do you call it? What's the sale? Coleslaw. You like coleslaw? I do like coleslaw. Yeah, but I yeah, you know, we we but we make a lot of sauerkraut, and then like I said, I just crunch it. I'll just cut it and just drop it in salads and stuff, and just mix it kind of like fifty yeah. fifty in a salad or something, and eat it. I just love it raw. We yeah. yeah. I want to try. So my great aunt, actually, my husband's great aunt makes sauerkraut with apples in it. Speaking of apples again. Sauerkraut with apples. That's see, I've yeah. never heard of that. That's kind like, of interesting. It's raw fermented. She never processes it. So it's your typical sauerkraut, but she hmm. puts a few apples in it. She grates them on a grater. I guess I feel like I'm missing out on something special here because your apples sound like they go with this, but I've never well, tried and it. Then, but yeah, our my favorite way to eat. Kraut is actually with caraway. Never had like, so, never had that. Like no, I just never of, had. It tastes kind of like anise. Okay. 
yeah, it's a little different flavor. Interesting. I know we do some weird food, I guess. <laughs> no, no, I just, I, I'm just uh, lazy like that. I don't go above and beyond. We just, we're a meat and tater family here. We just keep it plain and simple and eat it, <laughs> but we're probably missing out on a lot of good stuff doing that, you know? Right. Well, yeah, I think with my great, with my husband's great aunt, she's in her mid nineties. I think it was, you know, one of those cabbages ready at the same time the apples are ready. Cause you know, they homesteaded and then everybody had a garden. So oh, it was yeah. a way to store it up. Well, it sounds like you got a lot going on, putting apples in everything and uh, I'm eating my figs over here. So yep. I guess we can talk about just how great homesteading is before we get to talking about how great it isn't sometimes, but uh, how great it is. I think, I think we'll just go back and forth here on some different things. See if some of them, I, we, we didn't now we made lists here, but we didn't get together on our list. So no, we, didn't. We, we probably have some of the same kind of stuff on some of our list here, but I'm curious about that. So why don't you go first and tell me What's, one of your favorite things about. Well, we kind of already talked about it is you get the food when it's already at its peak. So okay. you get so those the, flavors when they're the, just the flavor like and the that. quality of the food. Yeah. Like, okay. That. Yeah. That's all my Peach list. Right yeah. off the tree that yeah. fig you were just talking about. Right. I mean, there's nothing like pulling out. I mean, even the um, potatoes that we picked, yeah. you would think a potato is a potato. No. Once no. you pull that right fresh out of the garden and you have some big potatoes. Oh, mm-hmm. it's so good. Right. So good. Yeah. Taste is on my list because, Taste is, I put it kind of by itself, but then it's also kind of related to another thing that's on my list, which is that you're closely related. I love being closely related to my food and that's all the yeah. food. I know, I know what was put on the soil that grew it. I know what was fed to an animal that I'm eating. I know, I love having that connection yeah. with my food. And, I, and, and when I say closely related, I just mean, it's just, you know, everything about it, you know, the seeds you picked, you know. Like right. said, what you yeah. fed it and everything. And, and I just love that relationship with my food, having it where if I go to the store or to a restaurant, I have no idea. Absolutely right. zero idea. What, I mean, it could be good. Maybe it isn't. I don't know. You just don't know. And nobody ever does know. And it probably is. because It's cheap. Um, it's right. probably garbage yeah. food. And Unless even you when went it's, to one of those special restaurants, but even then. You don't know for sure. Yeah, it traveled it, on a truck to get exactly, there. Exactly, exactly. And I mean, it's this might upset some people, but even the organic label. Yeah, there's a lot of things that are allowed there. Has that, some things that I wouldn't use, and it also I believe that soil lacks. It's the organic label means that they just haven't put the worst chemicals on it. Right. It doesn't mean it's nutritionally dense, like what we've right. worked at. Exactly. Yeah. There's, I I feel like most homesteaders who are, you know, not organic certified are probably doing it better. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You're, you're feeding your soil. You're getting all, like you said, nutrient dense food. You're, you're getting a better quality product and you, and you don't have the chemicals. So yeah, it's, it's a good, I love the fact that we're closely related to our, that's that's probably my top thing. The other thing I enjoy about that is, I mean, they've shown more and more with, um, they're actually making probiotics now that are soil-based hmm. because they have proven that that actually is really beneficial. And when you're so close to your garden and your food, you are touching in that soil and there's just 
there's a health benefit there. Kind of like it probably gives some credibility to the grounding for grounding where people yeah. go barefoot. Yeah, I mean, I garden barefoot stuff. a lot. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, but people talk about Some people blow that yeah. off like it's not yeah. real, but then other people swear to it. Yeah. I don't know. I think, but I, I mean, I do think you have that relate. You're, we need those microorganisms. Yeah. I think that, you know, there's like, uh, to get all geeky on some people, like there's the high health hypothesis where they think yeah. a lot of people are sick because we're too clean. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there might be something for that. But I mean, they yeah. have some studies showing that people actually digging in soil, uh, healthy soil, obviously, mm-hmm. not poison soil, you know, are healthier and get yeah, I've, I've, I've read some that. studies, so, you know, I've actually yeah. read some official studies on that, that you know, the, the health benefits of being in the soil, working with your hands yeah. in the soil. Yeah. So absolutely. The stress, I just, the stress relief of being to me, I just think yeah. all around that's, that's all connected that, 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 that closely related to my food. Like I said, that's why it's such the number one thing on my list. You'd think, I mean, with my past, what got me into it was looking for healthy food, but I think that's part right. of it because you're closely related. You make healthy food because you, you pour yourself into it and you, you're just paying attention to every aspect of it and it becomes a healthy food. So that's what I enjoy most about it. Yep. What else is on your list? Uh, it, for me, it's peaceful and distressing ah. to just be yes. outside. I love being outside. I've always love loved your garden. Love your garden. I love my garden. Well, it's not just my garden. I just love being outside the woods, mm-hmm. a meadow, trees, yeah, I've often said that, My like garden. when I go hunting, yeah, I mean, I'll go hunting yeah. and uh, it's like, I don't feel like, even if I set up in a tree stand for five hours and I don't even see a deer, it doesn't feel like a wasted trip because I'm out in nature just yeah. enjoying it, you know, yeah, it's, it's like, just, yeah. It's a reset for me and it's a stress relief. So, yeah. Well, that's really similar to what I have on, another thing I have on my list. It's not exactly the same, but I talk, I think one of my favorite things about homesteading is walking in my garden but now for a little different reason i love to take the little walk i i purposely make paths all through my garden i make the paths i make and I'll, a lot of times i'll put like a little curve into them or like a little path and right. make them almost like a nature walk through my property right and um and i enjoy that and i like to take a little you know a bag or a basket with me or whatever and just pick food i love to just go out and, okay, it's lunch times walk out and pick a few things you know and eat right. it's fun I love Side that. note, Harold needs to do a garden. <laughs> I haven't done one for, uh, it's been a while. Yeah, yeah, I haven't done one since I had this new property. The last one I I've know. done, I only had the one property. Yeah, so. I probably should do one, but it's getting a little late. <laughs> yeah, right now I just don't want to do one because everything's like going to seed and it's all just out of control and it looks horrible, you know, and it's right. like, I don't garden tour like now. I should have done one about two months ago. When yeah, it was yeah. Like next year. Nice. I'm going to hold you to it. Okay, I'll do one next year. <laughs> And I want to you know see funny all these curving paths. And, and yet, I like to watch people's gardens in any state. And I know people would want to see it in any state exactly. also. But I, you know, you know how you feel. It's like, I don't want to share what it looks like. That. It's bad well, maybe I'll do one with mine, weeds and all. Yeah, then people like that. I think it's real. And my them, dad, you know? like, uh, as half of my stuff is dead and I haven't had time to pull it. And yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, I, love, so I, I love the love the nature walks through the garden. I mean, it feels like a yeah. nature walk. If you, I like to I like to create that kind of ambiance in the garden. You know, like where you know you got the the higher level stuff, the trees and the tall shrubs and the you know the sunflowers and everything, and then you kind of walk through things. And I make trellises here and there to walk under, and right. you know between and things. And it just it feels nice to take that walk every day. You know, uh, 
whether you need to or not, just to get out there and take a stroll around your property and, and just kind of just enjoy it, you know, but also pick a few things. And, and I love right. that kind of harvesting. That harvesting is going to come down in my favorite and my least favorite thing here a little bit over here, but that kind Thank of harvesting, you. I love, I love to just right. stroll through the garden, pick a few things for the meal that night or whatever, go in the house, make something, enjoy it. I love that. That is like yes. one of my favorite things. Yeah. Same. I love that my garden in the summer dictates what is for dinner. Yeah. I love that too. Yeah. It's like you go out there, like I picked some eggplants yesterday. Okay. Let's go have some eggplant Parmesan, you know, and make some right. stuff, you know, it's like you just see some stuff that's ripe or ready to pick and you just go make something. And I love that. Yeah. I think, so I'm going to be recreating my garden next year because we now have our property and I like, um, I want a creative spot out in my garden where I can like sit and have a cup of coffee. Mm. Yeah, I have a little table and chairs out yeah. here on the side of the house right in the middle now. of the trees. Yeah. I made a little spot just for that. And as a matter of fact, I've actually like be writing a blog post or something. I'll go out and set at that little table out there between the pear trees and just write write a blog post or something. It's just enjoyable. That's you know? perfect. Yeah, yeah, I love doing that. Um, yeah. And what, what else, else do I love? I can talk about uh I've got a few things on my now like list. Um what else what else do you enjoy? While I'm thinking, I love that I healthy food that's affordable. That <laughs> it's big that's to me because or get you if you're going to buy like the expensive stuff. I mean, it, I mean the good, the best of stuff. Right, it's it really expensive, and I mean if you're buying enough for a whole week's worth of groceries, I mean it can add twenty thirty percent to your grocery bill at least. Well, let me and, put this in perspective. A gluten-free, an organic gluten-free sourdough loaf is $12 and it's about this big and you can buy it about this big. So for people, that's like the size of a coffee cup plate saucer. Yeah. Yeah. Like $12. You're you're making it for nickels, really, probably. I'm probably making it for a couple dollars because gluten-free grain is expensive, but not $12 and my loaves are much bigger. Yeah. 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 And no doubt there's some veggies that are super cheap in the store, but if you're going to buy the best of the best, it's definitely going to be more expensive. You're right. growing the best of the best. And I mean, and it can definitely you've had a store-bought tomato, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it tastes like nothing. Yeah. I mean, it, they're, water. They're, red. they're red. I mean, you know, right. but they yeah. don't really it have tastes like taste. water or uh, they're all cardboard or yeah, they just yeah. don't have good taste. It's, it's horrible. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I just love that. I mean, if you're, you can have that qual- quality food for a really good price. Right. So well, my neighbors will really say that to me when I, cause I will often give our neighbors produce and they'll say, I went down to the farmer's market and I bought tomatoes. They're not as good as yours. What do you do different? I said, well, you probably bought them from somewhere where they're growing them um, like in production. Well, a lot of people at farmer's market, they'll, I mean, it's been proven. There's been some uh, documentaries or some videos and stuff on it where they would buy it from just like, the same companies that stores get it from and then bring it to the farmer's market yeah. and sell it. Yeah. And so or it's the same. They're growing it hydroponically. I'm not beating up on hydroponics, but I don't think I've. Yeah. I think, it. yeah, I, there's definitely some things that I think that don't aren't as uh, good nutritionally. They're not as nutritionally dense yeah. as, as if you grew it in soil for sure. Yeah. But yeah. The flavor back to the flavor again. Yeah. I mean, it is a big part of it, but yeah, for a, for the right price too. I mean, you save that money. And- well, and the other, one of the things I like is for me, homesteading allowed me to be home. I don't think that if we didn't homestead, we would have been able to afford for me to be home. Mm-hmm. Like we didn't save, it was still really tight and we didn't save, you know, $40,000 a year, but we saved a well, significant amount of money because I was growing food and, you know, 
and, and it's kind of a running joke, but there's a way to do it that actually costs you a lot, sometimes more than what it costs you to buy the oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And people just, I mean, you don't have to do that, though, but people will spend so much money building these elaborate raised beds and greenhouses. I mean, they'll spend so much money that it's just, you know, it, it, you could right. buy it cheaper. A $5 probably. tomato. <laughs> yeah, and it's a running joke. You see the posts like that on social media and whatever, but it doesn't have to be that way. I mean, seeds are cheap and the whole world's right. made out of soil. Yeah. So, I mean, you can just dig a hole, you know, and make it and blame yeah, it. So for us, I mean, yeah. that was one of the bonuses for homesteading for us was it enabled us, me to be home and homeschool the kids. Yeah. That's a good one. We saved a lot of money frugally. Yeah. That's a, that's a really good one. Um, I also love to learn new skills. I think that homesteading yeah. and, and there's just, there's an endless amount of uh, things you can learn in homesteading. There's always oh, another thing. There's always another way to make something or another recipe or another plant that you can learn how to grow or there's there's just so many skills and it just and, so and many things can you can layer learn. on top of each other and, i mean later we're going to talk about a question somebody had in the front porch and you know these skills layer yeah yeah you know? and i just love it's it's always been a thing with me so as a kid i just love to learn new things you know um especially when it's at my leisure when i feel like yeah. learning and not when it's being forced on me but I, I do i just love to learn something new and it's and there's just always something there's always something new to learn there's so many things you don't know and you don't even know you don't know them until you start trying to learn right. them <laughs> you're yeah like, you're okay. like oh that exists i didn't know yeah that yeah i mean there's just things yeah. you just don't know until you do it and and i love that i love and i love passing those things on to my kids and grandkids too i just love that well, and that's what i was just going to mention that's the other yeah. thing I like is it's a it can be a family event for us it's yep. always been a family thing we've all somewhat done it together now my we all have our certain areas my husband doesn't mm-hmm. spend a lot of time in the garden but he loves flowers yeah and um he loves to work in his garage, like we were talking about, you know, yeah. maybe making an apple cider press. Well, that's one of the things that's on my list that I'll talk about in a minute. Yeah. yeah so, I mean, he loves to do that kind of stuff, but he doesn't necessarily love to be in the garden with me. He certainly doesn't like to cook. Yeah. I don't even like to cook, quite honestly. I just, <laughs> yeah, I just do cook. But, uh, yeah, so it's a, it's somewhat of a family thing. We always did wood together as a family. Mm-hmm. Um. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think so too. I mean, I probably less involved because I got into it when my kids were like already older. And right. so it's more for my grandkids now getting them out there in the garden yeah. and doing things with like my little granddaughter. She, she's here all the time and she just loves to get I out there. I saw your Instagram. Photo yeah. She's picking, we're picking sunflowers picking all the sunflowers she had that one she had a sunflower dress on she's like look it looks just like my dress oh that's cute yeah <laughs> so that my grandkids that's the first thing they do they get out of the car and they run right yeah. to the garden yep and so and I yeah. love, that's the one of the things i love about my garden not being sprayed is i can say i don't care whatever you want out there you eat it yeah just eat it right out of the garden yeah yep I agree. So I, you mentioned your husband liking to do stuff in the shop and build things. That's one of my favorite things too. I love to build things. I love just taking on new little projects on the homestead and building stuff. And I've got like, I wish that lumber hadn't got so expensive because oh. I had all kinds of plans to build a few new things, you know, but it's like a lot of lumber and it's like, oh man, I don't want to spend that money right now. So you try to source, use lumber, or, 
you know, maybe look at yeah, stuff. Yeah, he's, he's like I think, that. I think his deer blind now is four pallets so far yeah. that he's taken apart and I, reused. <laughs> I've definitely found myself trying to source used wood yeah. more back because of the price. And his work, his work, because they get metal on them, those mm-hmm. pallets are pretty sturdy. So they're nice and thick ones. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. like oak. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I mean, I've got a lot of plans. I've still things I want to go around. I would love to build a, a, an outdoor smoker. I would love oh. to be, build an outdoor uh, uh, solar dehydrator. I want I mean, a solar dehydrator really yeah. bad. Yeah. I, there's all kinds of projects. I would love to build more outside. And like now Sonia has me wanting a solar oven. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen some of those. There's some nice, I think there's good ones and bad ones. We've those, talked about doing, um, we've talked about building a more permanent uh, rocket stove. Yeah, I actually built For one outdoor out oven. Yeah, yeah, I took a barrel and a stovepipe and cement and made a rock, cut a hole in the side, made the side mm. shoot. It's like a barrel, and I can actually can with that if I have to. I can actually go out wow. and fire that thing up and set my big pot on it. And, yeah, and, we uh, did maple actually, syrup like, on ours, but I never tried canning. Although I'm I probably, confident I, I probably could. wouldn't do my pressure canner on it, but I would right. do like water bath canning on it for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah I, I, I love, love projects. See, now I like the projects like, uh, Soap making and mm, making yeah. candles and sewing. One of my daughters know, is really the typical into all female things, you know. Yeah, and, um, and I think it's great. That's going to come down to one of our questions here in a little bit too. Right. Although I do have a, I do have a dream to do some some woodworking. I've I've had this dream for a while, and um, it might actually happen this winter. We'll see. I, I've been I actually enjoy. <laughs> I actually enjoy making things like that too. Like, well, I'll make the comfort salve and I like making that. That's yeah, fun to yeah. make. And I'll make a few things like that that I think are fun. You know, I like, I don't hate making that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, it's, it's all part of that process of making things. And I think it's, like I said, I enjoy it uh, to an extent, you know, to a certain extent. Um, I don't want to spend all my time in the kitchen. It's not my favorite place to be. I'd much rather be right. in the garden. <laughs> right. Those are the but, things. That's why I appreciate for me. That's why I appreciate having four seasons. Cause those are mm-hmm. the things I save to do in the winter when it's snowing out. Well, it is part of the reason we put like a gazebo up over our back deck. We got a really kind of expensive metal gazebo and really nice ones up over our back deck. Cause I'd want to do a lot of that stuff outside. I do a lot of canning outside. I just hate yeah, that's my kitchen. dream yeah. for our new homestead is to have mm-hmm. something covered. Cause I do have yeah. a, I have a deck, which I've canned on a lot. I've actually canned outside on burners, but it gets really hot and there's no, I can't do it in the rain. So I would like to have some kind of covered. That's like one of my dreams because I don't, that's the last thing I want to be is inside. Right. I want to be that's part and, of the reason I don't like to cook. And it's a lot easier to clean up the mess out there, too. If all else fails, you just drag the hose over and spray things. Exactly. Down. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, those those were some good things. I also love food security. I just love the fact that, that no matter what that, happens, yes, uh, we have food. You know that right. if things got bad, which I like, you say every episode is about. That's not about doom and gloom for me. I really don't think that way. But if things ever did get bad and the stores were empty, we have food. You know, right. yeah. And I just love that that we have the cupboard, cupboards full at all times, pretty much because we're growing everything and raising animals and. Right. And, and you have the seeds, you have the seeds and the skills to do it again. Yeah. next. And we could always up our production if things got so bad where you needed more. You know, I could right. always start hatching more quail eggs or raising more rabbits or even growing things indoor on a larger scale or whatever for the yeah. winter. I mean, you could always just go to an extreme on it if you needed to produce more food year round, you know. So it's nice to have that 
uh, ability to do that. Right. Well, and it's, it's just that season of living that our ancestors lived anyways. Like mm-hmm. my grandparents had a cellar and, you know, they would store it as it came in. They didn't go to the yeah. store and buy it all. Right. So, yeah. I love, and this is part of homesteading and you mentioned it earlier, how you like to spend time in nature, but I love hunting, fishing, foraging. I like getting out in the woods and just doing mm-hmm. all those things too, because it's just, you know, and like I said, you mentioned that, but I think it's on my list too. And I just love in those forms. Yeah. So it's useful. I'm not just walking in, in the woods, which is fine by itself, but I mean, you can actually provide for your homestead by spending. Yeah. Your- I, I forage a lot. I don't think yeah. I, maybe I didn't share that. In the homestead front porch, I don't think I shared my mushroom picture, <clears throat> which I don't know if it was edible. I might have seen it on yeah uh, personal page. I, I don't know if it was it. edible, so I didn't pick it. But I actually do a lot of wild foraging with, yeah, you know, with sorrel and mullein. And we have wild apples at our property, but um, we yeah. blackberries and raspberries. Yep. And there's do a lot the, of stuff out yeah, there. We do all the same we, stuff. Yeah. We love with. to do mushrooms in the spring. This year was yep. very dry, so we didn't get mushrooms, but yeah, mushrooms. And I've loved, I mean, we, I actually like to bow hunt more than we like to rifle hunt because it's mm-hmm. a little warmer. <laughs> yeah. And there's not as many people in the woods. That's what I was going to say. That's the reason I bow hunt is because there's a lot less people in the woods. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's what and I like. Fishing, I, I like to fish with the caveat that I hate. <laughs> oh, yeah. I do not like trolling. <laughs> well, we do a lot of bank fishing and we're just mostly pan fishing. I don't even do a right. lot of bass fishing. We're just catching like bluegill and crappie. And, right. You know, my uh, husband like loves that. to troll for salmon. Salmon yeah. are a big thing here. And my husband loves to troll for salmon, but I get motion sick. So I do not like <laughs> trolling for salmon, but yeah. I like to fish. I love bluegill and um, I don't mind white. Yeah. 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 You're up there right off the lake. So you guys the big lakes. Really yeah. So we get yeah. salmon and white fish, but I actually like the small fish better. Like bluegill. Yeah. Give me a bluegill. I love them. Yeah. I love them too. Yeah. So me, Cannon and I talked about that a few episodes ago on, about panfish and how that was kind of our preferred fish to eat, you know, and stuff and uh, fun to catch too. I mean, you can just catch so many of them. It's really easy. Yeah. So, I mean, but I mean, fun. a salmon, salmon is big. You get, you yeah. get a lot, but, get a lot, um, yeah. but yeah, it's, there's definitely, it's downfalls. It's a lot of work and it's colder when you do that. Sure. Up here. Yeah, for sure. Something that's on that was never on my radar when I first started homesteading, but it became something that I really enjoyed about homesteading um, later on was the connection with other homesteaders. I never even yeah. thought about that when I started homesteading as something I would enjoy, but I do enjoy it. I enjoy spending time in like Facebook groups. I enjoy meeting other homesteaders. Um, just that connection. I just, it's just something that I really enjoy about homesteading because there is a connection. You meet another homesteader, you just instantly have a lot in common, you know, and it's just something right. that's fun to talk and, and hang out with them and talk about those things. So I, I enjoy that connection too. It's one of my favorite things about, about homesteading. That's one of the reasons I actually started doing book, the leading the book clubs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Cause we don't just talk about the books. We talk about other things and it's, it's nice to meet other homesteaders. And see yeah, you're doing a couple of those, and, aren't you? You're doing two of those, yeah. aren't you? Yeah, two different yeah. ones. One yeah, in one cool. of the groups, there was a lady I met this week for the first time that grows sheep. She grows the sheep, not for meat, but to actually mm-hmm. for wool. Wool. Yeah. Okay. And she's done it for 40 years. She was an older lady and I, I actually, thought it was fascinating. I know some people that do Angora rabbits for that reason. They don't eat the right. rabbits. They use the manure from the rabbits for the garden, but they, 
keep the rabbits right. for the fur and the manure. They don't eat any of them. And they just, they make things from the fur. Right. The, and us homesteaders, hair. we have, we're kind of tied to our homesteads. So sometimes mm-hmm. the only way to meet people is through stuff like that. Yeah. Then yeah. um, once in a while I go to like a physical in-person homestead meetup and those are fun too. Mm-hmm. But I just love to hear people's stories. And I do too. What yeah. they do and how they got there. Yeah. It's fun. Yep. It is a good, it is a big plus. I think it's just something that I really enjoy. Like I said, I, I'm kind of an introvert and I never thought I would enjoy that. You know, it's like, I'll just be by myself and I'll stay over here, but I love jumping in the group, talking to people. And I love running, like I said, running into people and stuff. And it's just like I said, something I didn't think I would ever think would be yeah. something that I would enjoy about homesteading, but it really is. But because if you get around like-minded people, it's just, it's fun to be around them, you know? It is. It's it's very fun. But those are those are a few of my favorite things. Did you have anything else you can think of your favorite Mm. things? Oh, I did have one. Well, for me, I love I love animals. Now I don't have any, but I've been around a lot of homesteads with Mm. animals and helped on them. I do. I love animals. Like I just love animals. Yeah, I love raising them, taking care of them. I. When it comes yes. to the process, that's what part, I was say. That's the part that's, that I do not that like. Fall on that the is very that list. part for me is. Yeah, I didn't I put it on my list, but it is something that. It's the con that's on the bad list for me. That is, yeah. I would have to say, the hardest thing that I've done is take live. You know. Well, I'll, yeah. I'll add something to that in a minute when we start talking about the bad. But I did want to mention one other thing I enjoy doing, um, and we both mentioned it in passing already. Uh, but it's sharing produce. I love to share with the neighbors. Oh, yeah. I love to share with the kids. I just love to share produce with people. And like I said, hand them a tomato and say, you ever tasted anything like that before? Or, right. you know, hand the neighbor kid a pepper and watch his face turn red or whatever. I mean, I just enjoy sharing. Watch <laughs> <laughs> his face turn red. <laughs> you know, just, just fun stuff, you know, like that. But I do love sharing. I have a story about that. Like, I remember one of our kids wanted to get out of gardening one day. They just wanted to go inside and they just looked at us and said, we didn't even think it up. They said, if I eat this pepper, can I go inside? And we, we looked at each other and we said, yes. And it was a hot pepper. How about it? Wow. Yeah. I just, I still can't get that out of my head with a neighbor kid through that chili pepper straight in his mouth. Just munched on it like it was an apple. And man, I've never seen a face turn so red in my life. He looked like he was hurt real bad <laughs> not much to cure that oh yeah he was fighting for a water hose or something but he couldn't <laughs> find us it was i felt sorry for him kind of <laughs> uh, remind uh, so, me to not eat peppers <laughs> at your place <laughs> that was they're, i mean they're just they're chili peppers they weren't nothing special but boy you, they're not made to eat just straight up like that you know you don't want to do that no. some people some people can i can't it would have tore me up to do that for sure. Least favorite things, Rachel. Do you have anything that you just don't really like about home? Like, well, I won't even say you hate it, but they're just definitely on the least favorite list. Things you. I would say my negative, about. my biggest negative would be calling animals. Calling animals. See, I didn't even make my list because I don't like it, but I view it as such a necessary. I guess. Yeah. It, it is something that would be on down closer to the bottom, but there are things I dislike more than that. Uh, yeah. For me, with the animals, it's what I hate about lose them. When you're not calling them, when they just die on you, when that, something happens, I hate that. I, I hate it when an animal dies in my care yeah. and yeah. and not because I was butchering it, but because it just 
died in my care. And right. I hate, you yeah. feel like a failure when that happens. And I don't like, yeah. you know, yeah. I try that to take is, really good care of them. That's a very bad feeling. <laughs> yeah. And it's happened a few times with, you know, a couple rabbits uh, and things. I just, yeah, it, it, it's not as big of a deal when you talk small livestock. Now, if you have big livestock and that happens, that's not only is that just a, a failure that you feel, but I mean, that's a financial loss. Financial yeah. loss too. Yeah, exactly. That would really yeah. hurt, you know, and that could be a miserable thing to go through. So yeah, losing an animal, but calling or yeah, uh, probably the number, this is going to shock you. The number one thing that I most not like about homesteading out that it's gone, right? Canning. I hate really? Canning. hate it. I, I do it every year and I hate it. I, oh, I will can all day long before I make dinner. <sighs> I hate cooking dinner. <laughs> it's not even that. I don't know. It's just the and you would think everybody's always mess. surprised. They see my food posts and they think I love to cook. Uh, and I'm like, the I cooking, I actually like cooking better food. than I like canning. Canning just uh, it's like that's I don't the know one what... thing. Like if you could, if I could hire somebody to do one thing around my house, make dinner. Make dinner, huh? See, yeah. I wish I could hire somebody just to do all my can. Now, here's the thing, though. Like I was talking about earlier, like we walk around in the garden. I love to just pick food and harvest it. And if I do a little bit of canning, like I put up a couple jars here, a couple jars there, I don't mind that. But this time of the year, when everything's coming at you at once, oh, and well, you're yeah, like, this you feel like you're just every day doing it over and over and over. Yeah. Oh, I get sick of it. Well, that's it. like yeah. I could take a picture. Like I keep yeah. taking pictures of my countertop and it really doesn't look much different. But it's different fruit and vegetables. It's yeah, just, it I, just keeps coming and coming. Right. Yeah. I feel, I just feel like it's just, it's like this time of the year is stressful for me. because It's you're, overwhelming. Yeah. Well, you're, 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 uh, I mean, you got. You got the time constraints there. You got to get this stuff in. You got to get something done with it or it's just going to go bad on you. A lot of pressure, I, think, I guess, to get it done, you know. I think that's probably one of the negatives to living in the climate we live in. Now, I actually like living where I have snow and where the air hurts my face. But it does, it shortens up our season greatly. So if you lived in like Georgia, maybe your season's longer. So you're not cramming it all in and you get to spread it out a little bit more with us. It's like, I have this amount of time and that's it. Yeah. Like even for me, I, it's even for me, succession planting, really, I don't have a lot of options there. The the stuff that I I do that with is stuff that you eat fresh, like lettuce. Lettuce Yeah. It's the stuff you'd eat fresh anyway. It's not even stuff you're canning usually um, so much, but yeah, dehydrators running. 24 mm-hmm. seven, the, the pressure canners running constantly. I mean, it's just, it's just, it almost gets overwhelming this time of the year, you know, and, almost and, you're not doing a hard yeah. you're not <laughs> yeah, well, I, believe me, I do walk away from it sometimes and take a day or two very, cause I get frustrated. I was like, it can just oh, that's why I'm like with care. the beans right now. I'm like, yeah. I don't care if the beans die. I don't want to see another bean till next year. <laughs> <laughs> and we're talking about our freezers being full. That's just me being lazy. I'm just cramming everything I can in the freezer, you know, because I don't want to mess with it right now. And, uh, but yeah, it's, it's definitely gets overwhelming. And that is yeah. probably one of my least favorite things. And like I said, I love having the food. I love having it in the cabinet. Yeah. I love having the availability to it. I love eating it. But this is that necessary evil in between. Right. Well, see, every do, year you know. at this t- every year in like February, I'm chomping at the bit to start my seed. Mm-hmm. And every year by October, I'm like, die, just yeah. die. I, you I'm can all like die. Yeah, yeah, that's the way I feel. But I still love going out and eating fresh tomato or something. I just right. hate. I love the fresh food. I just, yeah, the preserving stuff gets tiring. Right? It does it's, get tiring. And then right yeah. about this time, at least, I don't know when your hunting season is down there, but I just will finish up canning the brick garden, and then we'll be processing. Yeah, 
Yeah, because we, we do all of our own processing. Like we're a squirrel hunt and stuff right now. And then, yep. and so I'm doing that. And then, but then there's, you know, deer hunt will come in. And you uh, process all month. of your own? Yep. Yeah. See, every once so, every once in a while, if I'm really busy, I might take a deer in to get it done. But I, yeah, most so we of process all of our own too. And yeah, mo- I would say 90 It's like you just move from one thing to the next thing. Yeah. And then, <laughs> but yep. you're, you're and then usually for me in the middle of winter is when I start to process bones and fat and the things I was too lazy to can that I shoved in the freezer. And <laughs> you're on a whole nother level with that. See, I don't even do a lot of that kind of stuff. You're getting, um, yeah, you're yeah. doing your own lards and all that kind of stuff too. And we do all of our own, all of our own fat. Yeah, so I, I mean, went there yet. So that's yeah, you're. Which I know some people think is unhealthy, but for us, we like we prefer animal fat. Yeah, I, I think it's yeah, I think it's probably better yeah. for you. Uh, well, opinion. it's certainly for us. Um, it's sustainable where we live. I don't yeah. have a coconut tree and I don't have an olive, but I have lard and tallow. <laughs> you can press your uh, sunflower seeds and get sunflower. <laughs> yeah, squirrels usually take care of that for me. They usually decimate. I actually, man, I don't know how, but I lucked out this year. It looks like there's hardly any seeds missing from my sunflower heads. We cut them all down yesterday or a couple days ago and they look good. They're mostly full. There's almost hardly anything missing. That reminds me of one of my other least favorite things about homesteading pests. Yep. That's on my list. Yep. I <laughs> well, have, so I have kind of on my list. beautiful apple melons that were just about perfect. And we ate one of them. And I went out this week and the squirrels have eaten half of all of the rest of the apple melon. So we got one apple melon. The squirrels got the rest. How I put this on my list was not just pests, but it was when things get out of balance. And what I mean by that is pests or weeds or, you know, like some crazy thing that just spreads like crazy through your yard or just anything that gets out of balance. Because as organic garden, it it's a slower process to correct that. Mm, yeah. yeah. If you wanted to get, you know, if you were a, a traditional, what I would say traditional, a, a normal a gardener these days, yeah. conventional, a, a conventional gardener these days, you might be able to correct that quickly. But it, when you're doing it with organic methods, it's a lot slower of a process to get it to balance out because some pests are fine. You got to have some bad bugs to bring in good bugs. You have to, you exactly. know, yeah. there, there's just, there's going to be, and to get there, sometimes you're a little out of balance. And those times when it's out of balance are miserable. You know, it's right. like things are getting ate up or weeds are taking over through your, you know, cause you can't get it leveled out quick enough or whatever there's just things going on that it gets overwhelming when things get out of balance a little well, bit that's and, like and my, my apple trees are going to take several years to mm-hmm. rectify not it's not going to just i can spray it and it's fine because i don't spray right. so at least not with chemicals i'm using some neem oil and um foliar foliar sprays that are feeding mm-hmm. it but it's going to take several years it's not just going to yeah. be it, and it takes a long you know, time that's the whole thing with permaculture and organic gardening and everything. These things, it's better for you. It's better for soil. It's better for the planet. It's better for you. But it just takes a while to get things balanced right. out, right? You know, yeah. it's just it's just part of the process. And when you're, you know, sometimes I'm patient on things. Sometimes it's like, oh, I wish this was. Well, I don't care. It's hard to be patient when, especially like the apple trees are permanent part of ag- you know permaculture. Yes. They're permanent, so they take a long time. But when you start losing something you really wanted to grow well in your garden. Mm-hmm. It gets frustrating when you're either losing it to disease or animals or bugs. Right. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it's just hard yeah. to keep up and, and get that, create that balance. And even when you're assisting it and you're out there 
you know, by hand picking off bugs and trying to get the balance more straightened out. It's just, a, it's a lot of work. And I guess it just, it can get overwhelming and it can get, it just, and it also mentally, you're just thinking, okay, this is less food that's going in my, you know, my, my cabinets. Right. And, and it's just, you know, and it does tend to be one of those things about the homesteading that you don't enjoy, of course. And I think new people too get frustrated as they're and yeah. getting their soil built up because it takes years to get to the point where your soil is built up. And we don't just walk out there and throw out seeds like at Johnny Appleseed, like we're in the Garden of Eden. So right. yeah, it just, it just right. takes a while. Yep. I get stressed. I get to, I get frustrated by the limitations of time, money, things like that, because it's like yeah. you want to grow your homestead so fast. You want to make all these changes so fast, but that, you're limited, you know, unless you're just going to go in massive debt or something, which no, nobody should as a homesteader. It's just, right, it goes against the, it mean, goes against yeah. the ethics of homesteading. As far as I'm concerned, it's why you're part of the reason you're doing it. Um, so you're limited, you're limited on how much money you can spend each year. You're limited yeah. on how much time you can invest each year. And it just, it's so it's a slow process getting like I just told you a little bit ago. I would love to build a solar dehydrator and a, and a you know a smoker, a, you know cold smoker and things like that outside. It's like this time you know lumber is expensive, yeah. more time to build things. Your husband's after trying to build a cider press, you know. I mean, it's like there's all these projects and stuff, but they take time, you know. And it's like you just right. one thing at a time. You can you can. Well, that's how I feel right now with like rabbits. I would love to have rabbits mm-hmm. and um and chickens again and some quail, but it's like I. I have myself, I just, I'm at max right now with learning some things and And it's good to wait right now, but you also want those things. You wanted to see things happen a lot quicker. So it's, it's like, I I get frustrated by the limitations of things, but you know, but you don't want to, like I said, do anything drastic or, you know, go into dead. Slow and steady wins the race. It does. And it's (laughs) the only really way to make homesteading. Otherwise, you end up with those five dollar tomatoes. Right. And, like and, one thing at a time. I know right, the first right. thing we did was tomatoes. That was it. That was the only thing we grew that year. And um, I think new people uh, want to just go full force in, and mm-hmm. I think that's where you see. I think the average homesteader quits after sitting. Is that months. right? Yeah, I heard that. That's what I, I heard that statistic on a podcast. But um, yeah, and I think it just. You kind of have to slow down a little bit. And yeah, I, it definitely has a level. There's a there's a level that can happen where you reach a certain point where it starts you get burned out after a while if you oh, don't yeah. pace yourself. Like I get really close to getting burned out every fall with the harvests and the things going on. Yeah, but then like you said, with that season coming up, you get some relaxed time. You can step back a little bit and slow down. And I love the slow times. It's the busy times that stress you out a little bit and can cause burnout. And you yeah. can you, you can contribute to that by adding things that maybe you're not ready for yet, you know. So right, well, um, and you can even if you recognize that I've had times where I've pulled back. Like we don't have yeah. chickens right now. We used to have chickens. We yeah, realized went, that we couldn't do chickens because we're gone a lot, and it just didn't work where the coop is at, you know. And we made, and then there was a time where we we actually before. 2020 when that whole thing happened when you know when COVID came out we actually had cut our garden in half and now now we've doubled it again yeah I didn't talk about it but last year last year I actually quit raising any livestock last year we had a a whole bunch of deaths in the family and we were just right taking care of things there was just a lot going on and I said okay just I called everything put it in the freezer and said you know what we're taking a break from this for a few and um and then got back into it in the spring, you know, and it just needed that break from it because it was just too much mm-hmm. on top of everything else. 
And I kept the garden, you know, smaller until this this year and expanded that over into the new property. And I mean, I was working on a food forest over there already. I had some trees planted and some things going on there, but I hadn't actually put a garden in it there. So this year I put the garden in over there and expanded. So it was just kind of a slow expansion. We've had that property for I think four years now. This was so, so I was pretty slow in expanding over there, right. you know, and, and that was fine because it was just too much going on. Yeah. And it's, there's times when you're going to have to do that. And yeah. I think it's okay. I mean, now we're expanding and expanding. We expanded the garden double this year at our homestead and then at our property, man, we, we put in, or we put in almost 50 trees and a, a 1500 square feet of garden over there. I mean, we like, that was a lot because you had to hand water that stuff and stir out and stuff. That was a lot I of work. I did everything. Yeah. I, well, that was basically, we didn't put the garden until this fall. So I put a garden, the new garden in there in a mm-hmm. cover crop. But the trees was the only, all weekend, that's what I did all weekend was um, basically took care of all those baby trees. I hand watered them. There's no well out there. So we had to that's... haul water. We just had, it was a lot of work, but yeah, I awesome. actually enjoyed it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, that's gonna sound crazy, but the mundane of the walking back and forth and watering and being in my own thoughts and in nature. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, just, there's some labor that's a lot of fun. Like I can go out in the garden and work, you know, pulling weeds and doing things. That don't bother me. Give me in the kitchen, then I start getting stressed out about the work. Exactly. Like, it's just some work. Some work doesn't feel like work. You know, some of it's enjoyable. And uh, yeah. some of it isn't. And and it's the stuff that isn't that'll wear you down. <laughs> but it's also stuff. That has to be done. Not all work, right. I guess, enjoyable. It's just some stuff has to be done. Yeah. So you have to and, do but and I mean, in some ways you can tailor your homestead more to your liking. If, if you, like, I have no desire to have a cow, but some people, they love, I have a couple of friends that the cow was what they built their whole homestead around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You just have to go with what works well, for you. And, and talking about like calling animals and stuff, being on your list of least favorite things to do. Well, I know a guy and his wife, they raise a hundred chickens but they don't process them. They pay the Amish to process them for them, like right. $2 yep. a bird or something. Yeah. And they, cause it's just something they don't enjoy. So they just get it done and then they don't have to do right. it. And I mean, there's just, there's things you could, like you said, tailor your homestead to kind of fit you, what you enjoy and, and what you don't and, and kind of mold it and make it, make it better, you know, for you. Right. Yeah. Cause we're not all going to be good at everything. And that's where it's nice right. to know your other homesteaders because I buy mm-hmm. my meat right now from other homesteaders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, absolutely. I there's I only have one other thing on my list of things that I I get frustrated by that are my least favorite thing about homesteading, and in my opinion, it's a thing it ought not be, but it is, and that's government restrictions <laughs> of oh, what yeah. you can and yeah, can't do. That sure. frustrates me to know. Couldn't even. have this conversation without mentioning that. Yeah, I mean, I get. It. It's like so irritating, you know, that it's, they're going to, they're going to put their nose in your business on what animals you raise, what you build on yep. your homestead, everything. And it's just like, it gets, it gets out of hand, you know? I mean, I understand to a point wanting right. to keep things safe or keep things, you know, in a way where it doesn't affect your neighbor's property or whatnot. But 
they take it to such an extreme in some places. And and as an urban homesteader, it's probably way worse than it is for people, even though there's still regulations in a lot of, you know, a lot of rural areas too. So there's just things you got to deal with there. That's a headache and and it's exhausting and it's frustrating. And it's just something that you, you know, you find out what you can and can't do and you do the best with what you got. I mean, it's, I'm hoping that as time goes up by, we can, change those those the, rules there are certainly places that are way that. worse than others i mean there's places yeah. where you can't even have a garden in your front yard or things like that you know it's right. just like you know and those are that's that's really frustrating now it isn't that bad there is animal restrictions building restrictions things like that like i said i understand some of that to a point but they they take it to the extreme in most places yeah well i know some places it's changing i mean there's places yeah. that didn't allow chickens that people can have chickens now yeah. and um so you know some of it I'll, we just have to try to be active and change some of those. Yeah, rules. there's just, yeah, step in, try to make some changes. And uh, I but think yeah, it's almost a lost cause in my town. <laughs> yeah, that's what frustrates us the most. Um, I mean, where we're at, we can have chickens, but we can't have ducks. Yeah. Don't ask me why. Probably has to do with the waterfowl that we have. Probably, but, yeah. Um, and like at our new property, there's a lot of building restrictions which is mm-hmm. frustrating as you try to start a new homestead it adds so much money to things yeah it's even in plants and trees I mean, if they consider them invasive in your area they might restrict you like white mulberry in indiana is considered you know a, a invasive plant they don't want you plant that. you I can't mean, have um black currants yeah i mean there's just these things yeah. that you know that homesteaders are common homesteading plants but yet you know, you're not supposed to plant them because of the restrictions or whatnot. So it's just, it's, right. it's, it's one of the things this is that list for sure. Yeah. So I'm, I'm hoping that as time goes on and the homesteading movement, I believe right now is kind of in a growing stage that maybe we can change some of these. Things. I hope so. Yeah. And I, I do encourage people to do that, you know, get involved and, and do what you can um, in your area. And like you said, there are a lot of communities that it has been changed in and it's gotten better. Yeah. Ours did. I think it was, I don't even know, maybe six years ago, our downtown, which is even more urban than we are. I mean, they're very urban, very close together. They voted that people could have chickens, but not roosters, but they could have chickens. Yeah. I get yeah. that. Too. You know, I get that. No, the rooster thing. I mean, it. Can oh yeah, be, yeah. <laughs> they been around a, a really loud rooster, and it's not just it. in the morning. <laughs> no, they. Yeah, kind of get excited about anything. Yeah, uh, so I kind of get it. But well, I think that. Did you have anything else on your list, or? I I don't I don't have anything else on my list. Those were my biggest. Um, I yeah, think, to, well, the other thing too is sometimes one of the negatives with homesteading is sometimes it does tie you to home, so you good, can't. You know what? That should have made my list because that is something. I, mean, I talked yeah. about how I got rid of the animals last year. Yeah, like going to vacation. That was part of or, it. We were so busy yeah. doing things we couldn't really take care of them. And you're right. Yeah, animals, it can be negative you know? unless you have somebody yeah. that you do a trade with and they can come and take care of your mm-hmm. stuff. But yeah, that's um, for sure. That's something that, that gets. That gets pretty hard. I mean, for especially if you have animals. That, what was it? Like, yeah. there's certain things you can do, like with chickens. Like, say you're doing Cornish Cross and you're doing the eight week thing, and you can take a break between them and you know butcher right. them, and you only have them for eight weeks. Uh, like I did one time with quail. Uh, we were going on vacation, and so I collected all the eggs I could for a couple for a few days, and got like a hundred eggs. And stuck them all in the incubator, processed all my birds, and then went on vacation. So we had 18 days before them hatched. 
So oh. I came back just in time for them to hatch, put them in the brooder and get them back in the cages. But did you have I'm, like somebody coming and checking on the incubator at all? Nope. I just nope. trusted it. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, it, and it worked out great. Yeah. We were wow. Gone for well, yeah. So you can plan, but I mean, that's one of the yeah. reasons, that is one of the reasons why so far I'm open to changing my mind, but that's one of the reasons why we don't want a cow. Yeah. That's a oh, long, yeah. that's a big time commitment. That is, and it's a big, and it's a, it's a yeah. important Even animal. If it's to, a, yeah, yeah. Get somebody to come yeah. watch and make sure they're taking care of it properly. Now, where so, we are hoping to move at our homestead, we actually do. There's a large group of homesteaders out there, so it mm-hmm. might work out where we all do like work trades. But that's one of my reasons, and then the uh, one of the reasons I don't want a milk cow is just that day in and day out commitment. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, there's just some things like that. Yeah, so and it leaves you tied that. down. Even if somebody gets sick, if a family member gets sick, you're tied to, I got to find somebody to come here so I can leave type of thing. Yeah, and that's where it is good to have like a community around you where you can help each other out and be there, you know, because I for think sure. that's what a lot of homesteading communities do, farming communities do. They kind of watch over each other's places when they do have to leave the yeah. property for a while. Yeah. And that's great. I think it's great when you can form that kind of a community around it. It makes yeah. things like that possible. It really and does. If you don't have that, like, I mean, you can always train somebody mm-hmm. that's interested yep. in learning. Sure. It's like an apprenticeship. Yeah, get them involved. Yeah. <laughs> Bring exactly. them in, yeah. teach them. Yeah. I mean, that's what I did. The first, my friend um, has cows and milk cows. She's always had milk cows and she loves them. And I had never dealt with milk cows before. Mm. And that was where I learned how to milk and take care of cows was I went over there to learn how to do it. And then it was a good thing I did because she ended up, they ended up having a family health emergency and ended up milking their cow for a week. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, we had a couple questions from the Homestead Front Porch Facebook group this week that I wanted to yeah. maybe tackle a little bit. They're Some pretty short. One of them is pretty short, I think, that we can jump on to. Uh, Tim asked about, he just made a little poll. It says, autumn or springtime for planting fruit trees? Which which is it, Rachel? Autumn or springtime? Which All is the best above. time to plant? <laughs> All the above? When you get a good price. No, uh, I, I actually answered in that and gave yeah. my answer for it, but... Uh, I actually took the poll and I actually prefer fall just because they're easy to water, but most, most places don't. Show Availability is in spring. Yeah. Usually all the, you know, what trees yeah. are going to be available in spring. I, to me, it doesn't matter if you catch them when they're dormant and the ground's not frozen. Yeah. I think the closer you can get to the fall ground, but dormant tree. Yeah. yeah I can tell you after perfect. hand watering all summer through a drought fall. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think, I think. Early spring or yeah. late fall is, yeah. is, is okay. Uh, it, winter, if the ground's stolen. I mean, if you're in a place where you get, the problem is, like you said, availability. Um, yeah. Unless you're ordering your trees online or something, if you're buying them like big box stores near Even you. Even then, like I that, think a lot of those, I ordered mine online and they come when they go yeah, by your grow zone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, when you can get them, the thing is you can plant them in the middle of summer. They're just going to take a lot more care. Yeah. You're yeah. going to have to water them. You're going to be paying a lot of attention to them. I've planted plenty of trees in the heat of summer and they did fine. I just had to give them a lot of care, you know, uh, but it is, it is best to plant them when they're dormant. And I thought it was a good question. I mean, it, you do, it, I see the, the, uh, the problem there because a lot of people say, Oh, fall when they're dormant, plant them for winter. Right. Great. But then when does everybody get them in spring? Right. You're not, you know? where are you so, going to get them? Even when you yeah. like, you like, 
I ordered through a company and they shipped them when I ordered them like right before Christmas and they didn't Mm -hmm. ship them till March. So I absolutely get the question why it would be something you wonder about because it's like, well, they are getting them now, but is that not the best time? So, and you can get them in the summer, middle of summer, but you know, like I said, not the best time, but it's doable. You know, it's just, I guarantee you the tree will be happier in the ground in the summer than it would be in a pot in the summer. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so at least you can water it and it'll be happier there. So that that's one of the questions. The other one is one that I know nothing about, but I found it interesting because uh, yeah. I think a lot of people are interested in it. And it's really a um, cool question. Yeah. Alana asks, she says, does anyone here or Alana, I don't know how is Alana, probably Alana. <laughs> does anyone here grow and spin cotton into yarn? If so, can you tell me what seeds to get, what tools are needed, any tips uh, you might be able to offer? says, I crochet and knit and would love to be self-sufficient in making clothing for my family. I think that's an interesting question because yeah, absolutely. That's a big part of homesteading for a lot of people. And a lot of people do wool. You were talking about uh, earlier that some people, you know, were shearing. Yeah. Uh, wool. I've never heard of yeah. doing cotton though. But cotton is something I don't think about, but yet that's yeah. something you can grow and use. And it was used. I mean, it's always, it's for right. centuries it's been used in that way. Yeah. The only so. thing I know about it is you pick the fluff off. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean what I've you've seen, seen in a movie. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. In a movie and stuff. But as far as growing it and stuff, I mean, I actually, uh, I'm going to link two websites up because it actually sent me down a little bit of a rabbit hole search. And I was like, well, right? that's a good question. I wonder how you do grow it or where it somebody, grows. Or, somebody has to do it. We have yeah. t-shirts, right? And, yeah. And what tools are needed. And, and, and you can do it on a small scale. I've seen a lot of small tools for it and, and okay. making things out of it. And these two websites I'll link up in the show notes, uh, were, uh, uh cotton. Sounds acres. like such a cool process. And if she ends yeah. up going down this road, she really needs to document it. It'd be really yes, fun for to follow. Sure, yeah. Cottonacres.com and cottonclouds.com were the two websites I kind of come across. It had uh, tools in there. It had like seeds, it had all kinds of stuff. And it had a lot of information in there that you could use to, to get you started in. Like I said, it's not nothing that, Seeds I mean, even. Oh, that's it. fun. Yeah, because yeah, it took me hard. It was hard for me to find yeah. sorghum seeds. They looked a little expensive. The seeds looked oh, oh, yeah. expensive, but I don't know how, again, I don't know how much you get from these plants. I don't right, know. Yeah. I really don't. I mean, so it'd be something to study more on, but I thought it was interesting. And I just wonder how many people out there would be interested in something like that. Because I know there's a lot of people who yeah, are making their I mean, clothing I would. And things. And I, I, I found it I found it pretty fascinating actually. And you can, you know, it looked like you would do a similar process as wool as far as making your, your yarns. Okay. So they whatnot, do like the, the spinning it and you can now if you were doing drops. the big uh, what's the big tool that gin? Would, yeah, the like the cotton gins and stuff. Now those yeah. would, those would be more for like making bigger right pieces like of bolts of, of, of fabric and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you were able to do it with like the small hand stuff too. Um and uh I mean, I've seen some videos hmm. or some videos out there on it. I've got some YouTube videos, uh, not because I'm going to do any of this, but I just thought it was kind of interesting. And I thought, well, I, you know, yeah. again, we were talking earlier. It does about sound very time consuming, but yeah. if but that ends up being your favorite, I mean, that's soap making. I don't make any money doing soap, but I enjoy doing it. So, you yeah. know, yeah. well, I just, yeah, again, it's one of them skills you could build, you could develop yeah. that it, if it's something you're into, I think it's great because there's always something else in homestead you can learn and do and, and, and find new ways. And I think it's cool. I think it's pretty neat. And it's uh, anything you can do to be self-sufficient and making your own clothes. I mean, how expensive is clothing? I mean, yeah, that's a, that's it's, a big, yeah. <laughs> that's as big of a money saver as uh, food is in my opinion. So um, yeah, yeah, if you could do that, that's awesome. Cotton sure. washcloths, cotton bed, whatever. I mean, you can sure. go endless. 
how how big you want to get with it, right? So I thought it was interesting. Well, there's a couple of resources. I don't know if those are the best resources on the internet. There were ones that came up on a search pretty quick. And like right. I said, I did I did see seeds in there. I seen information articles about growing it. I seen um, I seen tools in there for for working with it. So um, definitely some things that to check I'm out. Gonna have to like I'm gonna have to follow those. Those sound interesting. Yeah, they they were they. A rabbit uh, the, hole, you know, for yeah, they could definitely. I ended up on some YouTube videos and watching a few things, yeah. and you know, it was, it was interesting. You know, like I said, it's nothing I'm probably going to do, but I find it interesting just to, even when there's things that I would never do, I think it's neat to know about how it happens anyway. You know, it's just kind of like those TV shows you watch, like How Is This Made or whatever, you know, right? And you get to see yeah. the process. It's not nothing you're ever going to do, but it's neat to know how it's done, you know. Um, so I just find it fascinating but those were uh, like i said i'll put those in the show notes for uh, anybody that wants to check that out and look into it this the process looked very similar to working with wool um just the yeah that surprises the me yeah but i guess huh yeah it, i think it was pretty close i don't know which is better probably wool but i don't know <laughs> we use cotton I for like i said a long time cotton's been used in, the, in those ways yeah it depends on what you're using it for i guess for sure but yeah, that's uh, that was all the questions I seen and they were pretty cool. I, because we were talking about uh, pros and cons of homesteading, I think a, an episode like this is is going to be for people who maybe aren't homesteading yet that want to get right. started in homesteading. That's true. That's so true. I want to think about resources for people uh, like that. Maybe uh, for one, don't be afraid to do it right where you're at. We mention that all the time uh, that you can do it if you live in the city. You can do certain things if you live in an yeah. apartment. If you live out in the country, you're blessed. Take advantage of it do a lot more, but there's plenty of things you can do right where you're at, no matter where it is. Um, and there's some good resources out there, but a book that I find really good is the self-sufficient life and how to live it. Do you have that book by, uh, I have it right here. I'm pretty sure I do. Don Seymour. Matter of fact, it's right here. Yes. My computer's yes. setting on it. So yeah. I don't want to move I it. Do. Um, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a good book. And I, I just find it. There's two books. Um, the Encyclopedia of Country Living is another one. But I actually like the one by John Seymour better. I think it's got better illustrations in it. And I, I just right. think it's a little bit better. I mean, there's more stuff. In the encyclopedia, Well, and but, we have resources in video, yes. you know, YouTube, and then, um, you know, some of those historical documentaries like the BBC Wartime mm-hmm. Farm, BBC Victorian Farm. They yeah. all have document and some of it's historical related but a lot of that stuff is still animal husbandry and knitting and And, crocheting and and even if you're in an urban homestead and you're looking for inspiration to get started finding what you can do there there's plenty of youtubers out there yep like i mean it's something i did you know it's like i didn't know what i could do on my property when i first started several years ago and that's what youtube is what actually was the kind of like the the final straw on the camel's back for me. <laughs> the Dervais family, which was the urban homestead out in California, they were uh, when I seen what they were doing on their little, I think it's fifth acre lot or tenth acre or whatever they have there. Oh, I, I think away. okay, yeah. 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 And, and I those was like, small space ones, those ones always yeah. blow me away more than those, I mean, I love seeing the big big farms but when yeah, you see too. these little urban farms that i'm impressed just, oh. with i'm more impressed with people who could grow huge abundance exactly. on a small oh, yeah. space because you have to be so intense and so intentional about the space you're using and how yes. you're doing it that it's impressive i find it just and some of those even have like i are they the ones that also had a, had goats too milk goats on like a tenth of an acre in town they did. They have chickens. Okay. They're they're yeah. I think they're vegetarians, so I don't think okay. they ate anything. But they well, these were milk goats. 
Yeah, had, I can't remember. There was some. Yeah, it was similar though. If it wasn't but the same family, there, I mean, there's a lot crazy. of good urban homesteading ones out there. If you search urban homesteading yep. or urban permaculture or whatever, there's a lot of good videos. Well, out and there's there. some universities that are doing mm-hmm. what? There's one university I've been watching um, a lot of permaculture stuff on. Really? Yeah. 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 One of yeah, the university extensions has. There's a, yeah. There's a lot of good information out there on YouTube. And, and uh, I think you can, yeah, and there's a lot of great books. There's all kinds of books on urban. Right. I mean, like canning, canning yep. um, MSU extension here offers a canning class. Sometimes it's free and sometimes it's $10 and yeah. it's all <laughs> online and it's several classes in a row teach you how to can. Maybe I should like take all my food down here and say, Hey, what you guys practice on my food? There you I'll go. I'll take it home. That way I don't have to can. <laughs> <laughs> if only. You'll just have to bring it up here. I'd love to can. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I wish that'd be nice. I, yeah, it's, the, it's like I said, I don't hate it. I hate the all at once, the too much. Right. You know, yeah. That's the thing, I guess that makes me hate it. But anyway, I need yeah, to hire so, a dishwasher is what I need to hire. <laughs> there you go. Canning. There you go. Yeah. The cleanup is, horrible yeah um but yeah that's all we have today i i thought uh i think that's just inspiring i find it motivating it's it but again you sometimes i think we glamorize homesteading to the point where it's like nothing's bad about it there are things that and it's different for everybody like there's things that we might be frustrated by that some people doesn't bother them like me canning you love it so i mean it's like um you know there's just different things for different people but it's not going to be perfect. So well, and I doing guess, it with like little kids has its own. Yeah. There's challenges, all kinds and, of challenges yeah. and there's all kinds of blessings. But for me, the, yeah. the it definitely, uh, the good outweighs the bad by far or else we wouldn't oh, yeah. be doing it, but we wouldn't do it otherwise. So, yeah. um, yeah. And, and, and I think it, that most people will find out, but I, but I also don't want to take people to the point of expectations. Like we're going to do this and it's just going to be, sunshine and rainbows and you know nothing bad beautiful case because i guess that could frustrate you and make somebody bail out you know and say i don't want to do this anymore because i didn't know it was going to be like this well not everything's great you know but i think most of it is i really do yeah yeah it is i feel like it far outweighs oh yeah the pros far outweigh the cons i i couldn't imagine not doing some level of homesteading i couldn't imagine it not being part of my life yeah, um, I couldn't. I don't think it's within me tonight. I don't think it is in me either at this point. I mean, when I started, I, tried, I literally, when I went back to work after my kids graduated, I didn't have a garden. And I said, I'm not going to have a garden. I had a plot at the community garden. Mm-hmm. I was in the group to- talking about that. Mm-hmm. I remember in the homestead front porch talking about my community garden plot. Even that, it just wasn't enough. The next year, I was like, I can't do it. This, yeah. I have to, it is in me. I have after homestead i have I, to have my garden a few years ago i remember downsizing my garden a lot because i was trying to make more room for the grandkids in the back put up a swing set because we, we always have kids running around now so it's like okay i need some space back here for these kids you know and and it's like so i started ripping things out we're ripping raised beds out we kind of turned one half of the backyard into and then it was like i was miserable because i didn't have my my full garden anymore i just had a few beds here and there and had some trees right. and so i eventually started putting more and more and more back in and yeah, I, I literally switched down to a little area. <laughs> I literally got depressed that year. I'd just yeah. look out at the yard and I would be like, "Uh, oh, my garden." 
it's yeah, gone. It's, it's grass. Have, it's just part of it's yeah. just part of us now, Rachel. We got to have that in our lives. So it's yep. like, yep. and that's, I think that is what you start doing it. It becomes part of you, and you just can't. And you want more and more and more of it. Again, you do have to be careful about how fast you balance. add more and more yeah. and more. Definitely you burn yourself out, but you do find yourself just wanting to do it one more thing and one more thing yeah. and one more thing all the time. And and, uh, and I think that's for good. me, it's it's just yeah. For me, it is my happy place. It's healing. Mm-hmm even with all the bad things, even with chipmunks and squirrels eating my melons and it's yeah, so I was, worth it. I was watching that groundhog in my backyard just a little bit ago uh, messing around, but he ain't bothering me too bad right now. So I'll probably just let him be for a while. <laughs> we just need that. We had a fox for a long time that was helping keep the squirrel population down. And I, I don't, maybe this fox moved away. <laughs> yeah. We don't have dogs anymore. We had dogs. We didn't have any problems with the backyard, but now we don't have any dogs. Our yeah. dogs got old and we, you know, we just didn't replace yeah. them once they passed. So we're our like, dog, okay. our squirrels know the dog cannot get in there. Oh, yeah. So they're not stupid. <laughs> I wouldn't have that groundhog running around my backyard though, if we had the dogs, I'll tell you that. <laughs> right. <laughs> we did stop. We had deer for a while come back yeah. after our first dog, after our dog pet died. And then, um, the deer were getting really bold into our yard and that now we have the dog again and we haven't had deer. So it does yeah. help. Dogs are, even if you're not like, even if it isn't like a livestock dog or anything like that, just having yes. a little, a little dog or whatever will keep animals away from your guard. So yeah, that's a, yep. that's a whole episode in itself. That. Yeah, <laughs> it is. They smell the, they smell the dog. So. Yeah. So, all right, Rachel, well, I think that'll wrap it up in, uh, and uh, I hope anybody, everybody got a little bit of something out of it and got a little bit of encouragement or motivation or, just to maybe felt like they're in good company because uh, that's the way they feel too, that some things are good, some things are bad. And, and uh, we're right there with you if that's the way you feel. And, um, but uh, against it, be encouraged that it's worth it. It's all worth it <laughs> as far as yes, we're concerned. Is. So, yes. so uh, until next week, uh, happy homesteading and God bless. And grow where you're planted. <laughs>